Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Do you struggle with knowing exactly what you should be doing to move the needle forward in your business? And do you struggle with knowing what to focus on next? If so, if this sounds like you, I have two solutions for you. Number one is mastermind groups. There is so much power in getting people together and helping to solve each other's problems. At Eat Blog Talk, we have put together our own mastermind groups and we are hosting these weekly. You can join at any time. You can try it out for a month or you can sign up for a quarter or you can go all in and sign up for an entire year. Come join us, see if it's a great fit for you. And this will really help you to solve those problems you're having in your business and give you clarity about what you should be doing next to move your business forward. The next solution is the Eat Blog Talk membership. I have spent all of 2021 so far putting so much value inside of the membership. It is such a supportive and wonderful place to be for food bloggers. We are learning so much from each other. We are joining together in monthly intensive calls where we focus on very specific parts of food blogging in order to grow our businesses in massive ways. We also have guest experts come in and join us very regularly to talk about really specific parts of food blogging. And we get one-on-one access to these experts, such as Matt Mullen from Email Crush, Casey Marquis from MediaWise. So many great people are joining us in these sessions and they are super valuable. There are so many reasons why you should be in the membership. I could not even start touching on all of it. If you're tired of wandering around aimlessly in your business and not knowing what to focus on, Give the membership a try for free for two weeks. Go to eatblogtalk.com. You can sign up for the masterminds there, and you can also start the process of getting into the membership for two weeks just to check it out. The rest of us can't wait to see you inside. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting value and clarity to help you find greater success in your business. I have Marnie Katz with me today from simplegraytshirt.com, and we're going to have a chat about turning menu planning into editorial planning. Marnie is a former camp director who needed a change. In 2019, she started Simple Gray T-Shirt as a way to share how simple cooking for your family can be. Marnie believes that life should be as simple as your favorite gray t-shirt. Marnie is a mama to girls, and they moved mid-pandemic from Chicago back to her childhood hometown in Michigan. Woo, that's exciting. (laughs) Mid-pandemic. Okay, so on top of that, Marnie, let's hear your fun fact before we start talking about menu planning today. Of course. Well, so you sort of mentioned it in my bio. I'm super excited to be here. Um, And I was. I was a camp director for 15 years. And I think that's one of the super fun things about me. Um, I really love camp. I grew up at camps. um, And I actually got to kind of like live my dream job for a really long time until it changed. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So how old were you when you first became a camp director? So I went to grad school actually for social work. 
and then left University of Michigan and went out into the world. And I thought I was going to be a school social worker. Um, and I was able, you know, to allow me to be at camp in the summers. And I found my dream job in Chicago um, at a JCC camp there. And I went for it. And I had the greatest time and greatest experience and kind of took it from there. Yeah. That is so cool. And you have a fun fact about your business too. I do. Um, so my business Simple Great t-shirt is really exciting and I love everything on the site. And it's not um, just as su- uh, kind of face value. Um, everything on the site is actually kosher. So I keep a kosher kitchen, um, which is part of my Jewish tradition. And while you would never know it looking at it on the outside, I also like to um, appeal to those who keep a kosher kitchen and just kind of letting them know that. But it's kind of a hidden hidden fact in there for you. Oh, it's kind of like a little hidden secret sub niche of yours. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I like that. That's really cool. So you talk about how menu planning not only makes cooking um, dinner easier for you, but also how you've taken the strength of yours and kind of used it to kind of shape your editorial calendar planning for your blog, which I think is super smart and interesting. When did you start doing this? When did you start menu planning? So I, funny story. So when I've always been a planner and that is like, not type A, but definitely a planner. I love organization. I love a list. And so when I started cooking for even myself, when I had moved out on my own, I started jotting down what I was going to eat for the week. Um, but when my husband and I got together and he moved in, he has a huge appetite, likes to try new foods. And so I wanted to try a whole bunch of new recipes. And the only way I could figure out to do it and not just stick to the same things over and over was to kind of make a plan. And so I started menu planning by the month and I would jot down ideas for the month. And then I'd started to build a calendar around that. Um, And from there, I found that it really made my life easier because I didn't have to think about when we both got home, we were both working full time, what we were going to eat for dinner. Um, And so we would just build off the plan. I would say, you know, if you find exciting recipes, let me know about them. I'll weave them in for this month, next month. And I kind of built it out from there. And it's turned out that having two girlies who keep me super busy. It's been a godsend, um, you know, over the last, I guess, 10 years now that I've been doing it. How extensive do you get? Because I feel like planning for a week is even difficult for me. I do it. But <laughs> I, if I tried to sit down and plan for a month, I feel like I would fail. So how detailed do you get with your plan? So I try not to make myself crazy. So that's the number one tip is don't don't stress yourself out when you do this. Um, I have a really easy system and I'm happy to, to kind of talk you through that that I use now to make doing it a month at a time. And it's also one of the email series that you can get on my blog um, as a subscriber. But basically, I sit down and I think about themes for the month. So let's say Tuesday is going to be taco night because that's something we all kind of have in our sense anyways. I'll think about four or five different tacos that I can make, right? You can think of them off the top of your head really quickly. You're going to make a fish taco, something with beef, maybe a chicken one, maybe a vegetarian one. And I'll plug those in to my Tuesdays. And from there, I'll maybe jot down a side dish that I want to make. And nothing is set in stone. And that's what you need to remember when you're menu planning, um, is that you you just want something that's going to be quick, easy, that you know your family's going to love. And so The way that I start out every month is I think about a theme for each day. And from there, I jot down some different dinner ideas. And from there, I kind of factor in sides and think about like, what might I have left over from my Monday dinner that I could like repurpose into another dinner and go from there. But I don't get it crazy detailed. I like to think about what I might find at the grocery on the weekend, vegetable wise. Um, I have some go-tos 
you know, like the sides that you know everybody will eat or the vegetables that your kids will only eat right now. There has to be room for that kind of st- stuff as well. Do you have like a leftover day? Do, do you set I a day do. of the week? Okay. I do. I definitely do. The weekends are um, kind of up in the air. So <laughs> I would say Saturday, I kind of put, jot down leftovers or eat out because at some point you have to carry in or eat out depending on what the world is doing. Um, and then on Sundays, I typically put in like a DIY pizza night or DIY calzone, something Again, super simple that everybody can get involved in making. So in the winter, it might be a soup every Sunday. Um, In the summer, we can grill pizzas, that kind of stuff. But I kind of keep that consistent. It's the stuff during the week that might change itself up a little bit more. So you plan, but you also allow wiggle room for changes and for other things to come up. So it's not like, wait, I said I was making green beans tonight. What is that? Asparagus, you know, like you are a little bit loose with it. For sure. And if you know what, if on Tuesdays, I don't feel like making the tacos, I know that I have the stuff in my fridge for any of the meals through the week because I shop to my list by the week. And so it's really easy to say, okay, nobody's in the mood for this or I ran out of time to do this, that or the other. Let me pull from another day something that we all feel like eating or just sounds better or you skip it because you have leftovers and nobody's in the mood for like another thing. You know, it's starting to get nice outside when we're outside a little bit too long because it's beautiful after school. That's another time I might, you know, sometimes it's just cereal and that's okay, even though you've made this great plan. But overall, I like to stick to the plan because it just makes my life easier. Totally. So I'm already like thinking about how I can do something like this. This is very inspiring. So how does that planning for your family translate to blog planning? course. So I translated that, this kind of idea of themes, right? Like I, I thought, okay, meatless Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, how could I turn that into blog posts that I could plug into an editorial calendar that I could kind of um, just go with every month so that when I was thinking of new recipes and developing new ideas, I would have at least a framework for doing that. So what I did is I decided that every month I'm going to make a specific kind of set of recipes um, to go on the blog. So I think about a simple breakfast idea, something that's grab and go, something that's not, a simple lunch idea, a simple pasta dish, a simple dinner, some simple sides, a simple drink, a simple dessert. And every month I must, I get one of those recipes created. And then anywhere else that either I'm stuck or I don't have an idea, I use that time to republish old posts. Oh, that is really... And then you just put it on your editorial calendar. And that's kind of yeah. your um, what you live by as far as planning your blog content. Exactly. So I put for the whole year those in each month. I try and keep them in that order. You know, sometimes it, it works. Again, sometimes it doesn't. I try to be um, flexible with myself because nobody else other than now your listeners yeah. <laughs> know that that's right. Like that's what's coming. Um, I don't think anybody's paying that much attention to what order things are coming out on the blog. Um, but it really helps me in terms of planning and getting inspiration and thinking through what I want to recipe test, how I want to shoot things. It also allows me typically like developing sides and drinks are a little bit easier than coming up with a new dinner idea. A breakfast muffin is a little bit simpler than let's say a pasta dish for me. And so it allows me some easier weeks and some heavier weeks. And when I'm shooting the recipes, the same thing. It's so funny how bloggers just incorporate their editorial calendar into their lives because I do something similar, but a little bit differently than you. So if we have, let's say we have a friend coming over next week, my husband will actually say to me, 
do you have anything on the blog that needs to be republished because (laughs) uh, this friend is coming over? And I'm like, how funny that he's been trained to think like that. And I'm like, yep, I, of course Uh I do. I can redo this dinner (laughs) recipe. And he's like, perfect. So then that's what I kind of put on the menu for that day. But I, I think in terms of my blog for every meal, like we host this life group, um, through our church and on days when they come over I look at my blog editorial calendar and say what can I redo and it's so weird like what do normal humans do do they just probably go to our blogs right and find something that way (laughs) let's hope yeah let's hope exactly so I'm curious about menu planning during like really crazy stretches and how this may save you and how it can save some of my listeners here today like pandemic for example did did this uh-huh. save you during the pandemic <laughs> oh pandemic sure did i actually went to the next level and i planned lunches as well um i know it's insane nothing nothing <laughs> nothing crazy though like just the sandwiches that i was going to be making each day or if we were going to be eating leftovers i had two tiny people. We were still living in Chicago at the time. So we were in a two bedroom, one bath apartment um, with my husband trying to work (laughs) in our bedroom, which was right next to the hallway in the kitchen where the kids and I were spending all of our time. So I needed to make sure that the grocery orders I was putting in each week were clear and consistent and knew what I was going to need for the week because we weren't running to the grocery. And so having that plan and again, at mon- lunches Monday through Friday were the same every Monday through Friday. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's something that I talk about actually on the blog a little bit. But when you're thinking about planning lunches or dinners, it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you know your kids love peanut butter and jelly, make peanut butter and jelly every Monday for lunches, whether you're packing them or you're home. There's nothing wrong with that. Change up the sides a little bit. Make it carrot sticks or celery sticks or crackers or whatever they will eat. And be good with that. And so that's one of the things that I think about when I think about keeping things simple is it doesn't have to be a brand new meal (laughs) every single day of the month, right? So the same for um, during the pandemic. I did that. I really wrote myself up a plan of what we were having for lunch. I kind of stuck with the same dinner, simplified some of it based on what was available at the grocery. Obviously, we had to change things when we couldn't get something. Um, But it really made my life easier and it was one last thing to think about each day. And when that crazy witching hour that anybody with kids knows about after four o'clock happens, (laughs) right? Like I wasn't also thinking like, what do these people need to eat again? I could just go. These people. (laughs) These people who need to be fed all the time. Um, I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. Keeping it simple. And I think you used the word uncomplicated. And then just having like, a rotation. And I remember this growing up and it's a little bit different for me, but my parents did this rotation of meals and you just got used to it. You're like, oh, it's um, rice meatball night or whatever those things were. And (laughs) we would do like pancake night and, you know, like beef stroganoff was one of ours. So do you do that same sort of thing, but with your own spin on recipes? I try. You know, I try to mix it up a little bit more than our parents did. My mom did the same thing. She would tell me like Tuesday was Prince Spaghetti night. (laughs) It's like, okay, every Tuesday was Prince Spaghetti. That's where I kind of get to the themes of the idea. Like I'm good with Tuesdays being taco night because there's so many variations on tacos that you can do to keep it exciting and not get too bored by it. And I change up the themes each month. So sure, you're going to see pasta 
on my menus just about every week. We're big pasta lovers, and I can make it a million different ways and keep it simple each time. Nothing I'm making is extravagant. I'm not making meals that take two and three hours. That's not who I am. That's not how I've ever cooked. Um, And that's what keeps things simple for me. And it's hopefully what's keeping things simple for my readers. I want them to know that it doesn't have to be a four-course extravagant meal with the newest ingredient that's out there. You can feed your family really tasty, delicious food that's simple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm all about simple. I am so, so here's something else that's interesting. Non-food bloggers hear that I'm a food blogger and they're like, oh, you must feed your family like really (laughs) extravagant, amazing meals. And I'm like, no, I actually, I don't at all. (laughs) My husband and I eat so simply like chicken breasts, Mm -hmm. usually with like um, roasted sweet potatoes and a veggie. Or, or yeah. brown rice or something. Um, and yeah. that's it. Like, that's what we eat on most yeah. nights. Sometimes I'll put like, I don't know, get fancy and put a sauce on top or something. Or And I feed my children frozen pizzas. I mean, and I was talking to someone the other day that was shocked by that. She was like, you're a food blogger. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a normal. But you're a regular. Yes, <laughs> I'm just a regular person. And Costco yeah. frozen pizzas are really delicious, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does not have to be extravagant. And just because you're a food blogger, you don't need to impress your family. You just do what works for you. Keep it simple. The witching hour you refer to, oh my gosh, that is such a real thing. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. um, it's like a curse or something. You hit this certain time and it's like, what is going on? And even with my boys being a little bit older, we still get that. I'm like, ah. Right. And even I think even if you don't have kids, it gets to be 5, 5.30 and you're like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. what am I supposed to make? And you don't want to have to think too hard about it. And I always, I'm a big believer in like, not quality over quantity. Your meals don't have to have all those courses. Like it's okay. I'm trying to think last night we had veggie burgers and I served veggie burgers with roasted sweet potatoes and some canned green beans. And you know what? Everybody was happy, (laughs) right? They built their burgers the way they wanted to. I felt good that I was giving them a good dinner. They were, they all ate it. And that's really what it's about is feeding your family, feeding the people you love and doing it, doing it simply. Right. And, and preserving energy so that you have time with them and so that your evenings after the witching hour are not tainted by that, um, you know, that feeling or that vibe, because sometimes it can be, I can let it get a hold of me and be like, oh my gosh, this ruined my whole night. But it doesn't have to. You can just like simplify. Sometimes we have the energy to meal prep on Sundays. We haven't done that recently because we were sick, but um, I love that. Like we can just (laughs) pull out our meals from the fridge, heat Mm -hmm. it up, make something quick for our boys. And it's like cheating, but it feels so good when you can do that. (laughs) Well, for sure. And I think, you know, speaking to like the rest of your evening and the rest of your day, it really it cuts down on cleanup when you like have already prepped some of the stuff and done some of the work ahead of time. I, you know, I think about that even now, like if I know what I'm making for dinner, if I have 10 minutes in my day, I can prep something in the morning while I'm making breakfast or during my lunch break. And that also gives me that like step ahead um, in the evening <laughs> to not, you know, to like be washing one less dish. Or putting one less thing away. That is so true. And I think this was, um, okay, I cannot remember which guest shared this. So I'm not going to say a name because I would hate to get it wrong. But one of my amazing guests mentioned like chopping veggies 
when you're feeling good during the day, like maybe in the morning or like you said, over lunch or something when you're, you've got the energy and you're not worrying about dinner yet. So that way it's done. So then when dinner comes, you have that taken off your list. That's five to 10 minutes that you don't have to worry about. So just little hacks like that, that you can just take note of during the week and then like tweak your time next, the following week and yeah. make it even more streamlined. Yeah. And it goes for the the blog the same way. You know, you think about like the little tasks that you can get done when you have the energy. Like I'm working on a forever series right now um, on my email list. And those each of those emails only take five or 10 minutes to put together for the forever series. So I've been trying to chunk them out one at a time each morning when I'm like a little creative and I'm paying attention and they, it goes quick. And so if you kind of like chunk out some of those tiny tasks throughout the day when you have the energy to do them, much like cooking and prepping meals for the blog also, it it really changes the whole workflow. Oh, I love that. I love that you mentioned that. So I see in your notes here that you're working on an ebook. Are you actually putting together 12 months of menus? Explain this because that is (laughs) mind blowing. (laughs) So for the first year of the blog, and I've stopped doing this now, I was sending out a monthly menu to my readers um, that I would put together based on these themes, because I was doing it for myself already. And I wanted to be able to share that. So what I'm doing is I'm compiling that into a little bit more cohesive, a couple more of the recipes from my blog, but from other bloggers also, and just things that you don't almost need a recipe for, like pizza night. Sure, you could look up a recipe, but go ahead and buy store-bought pizza crust, (laughs) some cheese and sauce, and let everybody have at it. Um, and so I'm compiling those into an ebook with the tips and tricks that I use for menu planning and then giving you these 12 months of menus done for you that you can obviously use at face value or um, go ahead and work on your own with that as inspiration. Oh, that's very inspiring. When are you going to be done with your ebook? Well, that's a great question. My goal, <laughs> my goal is in the next few weeks. Um, I would say I'm more than halfway done with it, which is really exciting. Um, and it will go out to my email list first, and then I will get it up on the site. So in addition to that, do you have any resources on your blog to help people kind of get going with menu planning if they're interested in that? I do. There is a menu planning page on the site, as well as I do a menu planning 101 kind of email course um, as a part of my opt-in. So when you do that, you'll see there's a place to subscribe and you'll see uh, menu planning 101. And I send you five days of these tips and tricks to get your menu plan. I send you a template of what to fill out. I send you a grocery template so that you are prepared to go to the grocery each week. Um, and then I kind of filter you from there. So people really can take a, take this on themselves. Um, I've helped some a couple clients do this and kind of get them up and running where I started out by doing it. And then I taught them how to do it. And off you go. And it, it really helps save time and energy and makes life easier, <laughs> which is what I'm all about. Totally. And for food bloggers specifically, it's like... Um you can kind of kill two birds with one stone because you can simplify your life, your family life, but you can also use this to simplify your blog and the way that you approach recipes there. And like we were talking earlier, you can do both things at once and get, you know, check two things (laughs) off your list. Do one thing, check two things off by making one dinner for um, friends or even just your family and also create blog content. For sure. And I think that it's, you know, it goes the same thing as this, as you're working on your editorial calendar, you know, sl- sliding these things in, tr- testing them out. You know, it could be that Tuesday's testing day. 
and every Tuesday you're testing a new recipe on your family, that's fine too, right? Like it gives you the opportunity to really kill two birds with one stone and, and really work on the things that you need to um, get accomplished. Right. I always feel so good when I can make a meal for people I love and I'm like, sweet, I squeezed in photos and this <laughs> recipe worked really well. I always feel like yeah. I'm the coolest person ever when I can do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and my parents, now that we're back in Michigan, my parents have been the benefactors because they're in the bubble that we have and not so many other people are still. And so when I do my big shoot days, it's like, it feels really good also to be able to share what you're making with other people. Um, and so it's not just my kids who have to eat the same batches of muffins over <laughs> and over again, but really like, here, everybody enjoy this. And my parents get dinner and breakfast and lunches. Oh, <laughs> for the next few days. See, that's um, so good when you can do stuff like that. And, and especially if we're testing our food and we know it's a really great recipe, it yeah. feels good sharing that. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, again, as I plan, I can plan to not make the same thing over and over through the month. For me, because I really focus, my niche is really keeping things simple. Um, I can kind of hit all the different courses of things and I have a lot of flexibility there. Um, so it also helps to not get bored with what you're doing. Keeps, you know, keeps things a little more exciting. We um, recently, my son, my youngest son loves baking. So we've been testing out some baking recipes. Oh, nice. And now that people are getting out a little bit more, Fun. we've started delivering some baked goods to our neighbors. And they... Fun. Because we can't have it sitting in our house because I will eat it all and my boys right. will eat it all. So <laughs> totally I'm like, we've got to get rid of this. Let's take it to a couple neighbors. And they love it, especially after this past year when nobody's doing stuff like that. Their faces are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And it feels good to get rid of it and to make them happy. So just kind of thinking through things like that too. Like you don't, you're not just blessing your family with this food. You can go outside of your family. Yeah, it feels really good and like, you know, it, it like helps the good, the world right now. Like we need that kind of community. And so like doing those kind of little, again, it, like those simple little gestures go so far and there's like less food waste and all the things that we all think about when we're doing this kind of a job um, can really be, can really be helped by just like taking it to the neighbor, taking it to a friend down the street. It's great. Yeah. It's like you're being a light to the world right now that needs you to yeah. be a light and you're not putting that much effort into it. So it's kind of your whole theme, Marnie, right. which is like, be you know, do it simply. You don't have to be extravagant, yeah. but you can nope. still make huge impacts. And just because you're a food blogger and normally make food, <laughs> food beautifully and pretty, your neighbors are really okay with it. <laughs> paper plate. <laughs> like, they're okay with it in the Tupperware. It doesn't have to be like a whole production. That's true. Even in a Tupperware, have you noticed that people are like, whoa, that looks so good. And you're like, oh, <laughs> right. that's nothing. <laughs> exactly. Just a hot dish, whatever. Exactly. So what is what would be like a takeaway that you have for food bloggers if they want to incorporate something like this into their business, like start small? Um, where do they get started with this? Yeah, so I would start with your editorial calendar and really think about who you're speaking to and what kind of recipes you're putting out on a monthly basis. Um, it kind, To me, it's like the idea of themes in monthly menus. Um, really start thinking about the content you want to put out and then not have to reinvent the wheel each month, right? If you do, let's say you're a, I don't know, if you're a dessert blogger, maybe every month you want to put out a cookie, a cake, a, I don't know, a muffin, and a something else. Like what I, I'm not, a, clearly I'm not 
but only a baker. But you can pick those things that you want to, or you want to do a fruit-based dessert and a chocolate-based dessert, and you want to do that every month. So kind of think about the content that you're already working on and that fits into your niche and stream it down to the four or eight kind of, if you're doing two posts a week or one post a week, whatever it might be, figure that out and get that content streamlined. It helps you then get inspired. And as you get inspired with new recipe ideas, you can easily plug it in and quickly you'll see that your editorial calendar is built out for quite some time quickly, as opposed to like struggling, what am I going to make? What am I going to do? It builds things out really quickly. Don't be afraid to also put in that republish or update content in there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So many of us have old content that is cringeable and republishing that as we've all learned um, is really important um, to bring up to date. And so adding that in there, I would say is another kind of baby step to doing it. And then from that point, once you've got that editorial calendar and the other thing that I like to do is the idea of time blocking, which I know you've talked about as well. But I think that kind of goes in with that planning idea is thinking about your week and your month of what you're going to focus on. And maybe it's not blocking every day, but thinking about like the first week of the month is some is the time that I do keyword research. The second week of the month is the time that I really spend on SEO. And the third week is when I do my photo shoots for the whole next month whatever that might be for you. Um, Start thinking about time in kind of greater chunks and getting it all done. And it can be, it can be painful. I mean, it's not fun to spend (laughs) a whole day or week on SEO. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I remember I used to do um, like a ton of videos one day of the week, every week and shoot all my photography that day. And it was not, I'm not saying like, it is not easy to do that. It's hard work, but there's so much efficiency involved in that, that if you can actually get through it, you're like, oh my gosh, I got so much accomplished and you can spread it out over the week or the month. And it just feels amazing. Well, you also like, I find myself when I'm doing keyword research, if I'm just doing it for an hour here and an hour there, I like get out of the groove. But if I know that that's my focus for a day or two days or three days, can get in a groove. I find myself getting more creative and like can really simplify the whole process. Cause like once you're in the groove, things just get rolling, but it's hard to get into the groove sometimes. And I think that that's another win. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Making simple. The magic flow, I call it. It's, yeah. it's a real thing. You get into that flow and then you can kind of start tapping into new, I like you kind of mentioned this, Marnie, like new ideas. Like if I were to just do keyword research for one hour, I probably wouldn't have figured this thing out, whatever it is, after doing it for three or four hours. So there's so much power in that. Um, this is a great conversation. Is there anything you feel like we've missed before we start saying goodbye? Um, no, I just... I really want people to keep it simple. Don't make yourselves crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I really believe in keeping life as simple as your favorite great t-shirt. You throw it on, you feel good. Um, so really just try and simplify things. Your family will be fed. People around you will be happier. You'll be happier. <laughs> and life is a little bit easier that way. And your blog content will be created <laughs> or some yes, of it. And it will yeah. be created. You know, like I keep a template that keeps things simple. It was a, a tip from Casey Markey actually he said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you write a blog post. Follow the template, things get easier. Same with photos, right? Like you don't have to have elaborate setups. My photos are super simple. I use just a couple backdrops. I use a couple props. 
and it makes things a lot easier. And so kind of just streamlining that, like I streamline menu planning and I streamline my editorial calendar. I suggest trying it. Streamlining is the best. It is such a great tip, especially for a job like food blogging, where you have so many different things to juggle on any given day. It's like the key to success, I feel like. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here, Marnie. This was a super fun chat. Yes, and it's going to be extremely valuable for food bloggers listening. So before you go, do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? (laughs) You would ask me about that. And I was like, how am I so inspirational? I'm not sure. But one of my favorite quotes is, no day but today from Rent. Um, Really thinking about, which is a little counterintuitive based on the fact that I like to plan months at a time. Um, But really combining that with the idea of 1% to infinity, which um, the folks over at Food Blogger Pro talk about a ton, is just get a little bit better each and every day. Um, And so while you're in the moment of doing what you do, do that well. And then the rest hopefully is already laid out and you can move on to the next cast and do that just a little bit better each day. Oh, I love it. That's so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. We We will put together a show notes page for you, Marnie. So if anyone wants to go peek at that, and then also maybe we'll link to some of the resources that you mentioned within the the episode. You can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash simple gray t-shirt. I love the name of your blog, by the way. That's so cute. Yes. (laughs) So where can people find you on your blog, Instagram? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I wish I could say Instagram. I am on Instagram at Simple Gray T-Shirt. Um, I am not as active as perhaps <laughs> I should be, um, but I'm there definitely checking in. So feel free to DM me there. I'm also, um, I have a Facebook at Simple Gray T-Shirt. Um, I'm on Pinterest, um, but I would say you can always shoot me an email, Marnie at Simple Gray T-Shirt. Find me on the blog. I'm available. Sounds good. Well, thanks again for being here, Marnie. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.